Hi, I'm Maggie. I am one of the co-hosts of the Prelude podcast, where we talk about all things weddings and help you get down the aisle. Today, I am taking over the podcast to talk about my career, how I got into weddings, and what it's been like running a wedding planning business for eight years now. So jump on in and get to know a little bit more about one of your hosts for the Prelude Podcast. My business that I founded is Maggie Walker Weddings. It is named after myself, if you could not tell. And I have been running that for eight years. So I am the lead planner, the lead stylist, but at this point I also have a team that is under me helping to run weddings. And similar to Megan, I am going to double down on the importance of your why. Why are you marrying this person? Why does it work between you two and you want to celebrate that love? Why do I love working weddings? What drives me running my business? What drives our process behind Maggie Walker Weddings? And I think as Megan and I have started working on this podcast together, we are just getting layers and layers deeper into realizing we have a similar approach or at least a similar foundation on the why is so important whether it's why are you marrying this person why are you wanting to you know spend a lot of money potentially on this wedding day but also why and how do you want to be celebrated what is important about your relationship what has brought you close together what is your grounding point that you can reflect on in the day and don't don't get me wrong we love talking about colors and all of the pretty decor and how beautiful the day should be and all of the fun that you guys should have on your day. We will definitely have podcasts reflecting our passion for all of that. But Megan and I's approach to wedding planning is similar in that it's couples focused. We really want to prioritize the two people that are choosing to become life partners, that are choosing to get married, to host the celebration. You know, however many people are invited, however much money is spent, whatever traditions they decide to do or not do, trends they want to follow or not follow, at the end of the day, it's all about what they want, what their love is about, and how they want to be celebrated. So I am also going to do a dive into how I got to this point, how I got to year eight running a wedding planning business. And I will start with how <laughs> obsessed I was with weddings as a kid. I was that kid that daydreamed about their wedding day, always had a crush, it was ever-changing, I would, you know, want to become Mrs. So-and-so, whoever I had a crush on, would scribble my name with their last name over my notebooks. I also have a huge extended family, and I am the youngest girl cousin, so I was flower girl and junior bridesmaid and so many of my cousin's weddings. Going to all those weddings gave me such fun and probably very naive insight into what a wedding actually is. And this will actually 
date me a little bit. But growing up, um, I'm a 90s baby. So when it became more commonplace for families to have like a home computer, a home desktop, I would just research wedding photos and wedding inspiration. And oh gosh, I don't think I remember any websites I looked up at the time, but I just remember like usually by color palettes or by style, I would look up different types of weddings and I actually saved to the desktop a massive folder um, that was like wedding inspiration and then you would open up and there would be multiple folders underneath it that were divided up by style, by color, by season, by the dress, like having a wedding inspired by the wedding dress. And then you would, you know, click on that and it would just be ceremony, reception, details, florals, you know, just a, a lot, a lot of photos really just to emphasize how insane it was. And when I was going into college my freshman year, Pinterest had come out. It was a new thing and it definitely blew up. It became really huge really fast. And I remember sitting there in my dorm room thinking, oh, next time I'm home on a break, I need to pull up my Pinterest on my home desktop, my parents' desktop, and upload all of these photos that I have been saving on their desktop for years. This is so great. I can access all these photos from wherever since I can just log into my Pinterest wherever. Again, internet, social media was crazy at the time. And so I, one break, I spent hours just uploading photo after photo, like writing captions and tagging everything. Actually, I don't even know if tagging was a thing yet. But that, again, just kind of shows you like how often and how insanely I was daydreaming about weddings, even back as a kid. And then as I got a bit older and, you know, was in high school and in college, I was on the homecoming and prom planning committees. I, in college, I did a college event planning and I did special events catering for almost four years. So I really started getting more and more involved in the actual nitty gritty of running bigger of events, especially with the special events catering job. That is a very nitty gritty and grimy job. And I have so much respect for caterers because they carry so much weight behind the setup and breakdown and cleanup on the day. And I just really learned like timing and flow of staff uh, for setup for the duration of an event and then the breakdown and cleanup of an event through that job. And although at the time I wasn't thinking, oh, one day it's my dream to be a wedding planner. I, I wasn't in school for that. Looking back, I gained so much experience on those logistics um, as well as people skills, customer service skills, what it looks like to you know bring a plate of food to a guest, maybe they're happy or not happy with that, what it's like to maybe get yelled at by another vendor or by a guest. Not necessarily ideal circumstances for sure, but all of those allowed me to learn people skills and life skills around how to have a balanced tone that reflects listening and patience, but also strength and being firm 
in a decision. And that really is such a key characteristic for being a successful wedding planner, I would argue. Um, as much fun as weddings are, as, as organized as you can be and use tools to help you get organized and all of that, at the end of the day, on the wedding day, I think it's a key combination of just someone's personality and communication skills. Can they help corral guests kindly, professionally, but effectively? Can they listen to opinions that are flying at you, whether or not they are from people of importance on the wedding day, if they were people involved in the consultations on the wedding day, um, or even, you know, from the couple themselves, how you juggle all of that and balance the emotion, positive or negative, the potential tension, the problem solving is so, so important and carries your reputation and success as a planner, not only in your client's eyes, but also in other vendors' eyes. Actually, what I was in school for was education. I hadn't thought about being a wedding planner at this point. I just knew I really liked working events. I'm very extroverted, so I went to a bunch of events, went to a bunch of school functions, went to a bunch of home games. I was just always out meeting new people. Did not like just staying in my room, honestly, staying in the classroom, stay, doing homework. I loved going out and doing stuff, but I I was studying to be a teacher uh, as a kid whenever you asked me what I wanted to be I always said maybe a teacher or insert creative field I want to be a teacher or a photographer teacher or a makeup artist teacher or a fashion designer <laughs> a little bit teacher or vet until I learned how much schooling and science you had to learn <laughs> to become a veterinarian but yeah so when I was in school, I just kind of stumbled around with a couple different iterations of that. Did try uh, a photography degree, um, art therapy degree, uh, and then kind of just landed on this five-year program for art education, where it was three and a half years of your subject. So again, art was what I chose. And then a year and a half master's program of teaching, uh, you know, taking whatever your subject was and learning how to be an educator, how to teach that to all different ages and all different types of kids. I really enjoyed it and I ended up teaching for two years at a public high school and really honestly loved so many parts of it. It's so crazy because I taught before, well before COVID and well before a lot of mass shootings started. So it's very surreal thinking when I was a teacher how different education was at the time versus what teachers have to face now and combined with teaching art at just a huge rural public high school I in a lot of ways got to do whatever I wanted to do as long as I was being respectful checking off standards you know able to track my progress, my students' progress, data, be able to point to and back up myself. I essentially could run my classroom however I saw fit. And I think learning those skill sets that a teacher, in order to be successful, uh, needs to do in a classroom, you're looking at long-term planning. What am I teaching in this semester to this level of student? What all is going on with uh, the resources that I have in my classroom? You know, culturally, what's going on? So with high school students, you know, how are we going to incorporate that? Not even necessarily by my own choice, but just with the nature of older kids. Like, they're going to want to talk about 
different things that are going on in the world. And then, you know, how do I make it fun? How do I make this a safe space? How do I talk to high school students in a way that is entertaining and relatable and fun, but also where I'm the adult, I have years of experience and education on top of them. And ultimately, I was hired to be their teacher and they have to respect what I am putting forth in the classroom. You also have to deal with parents. Since I taught art, not as many parents or guardians were, you know, opinionated or up in my face about the nuance of how I was teaching versus the more academic classes. But I still had it every once in a while, you know, having adults argue what they think is better for this situation for whatever reason, sometimes valid, sometimes not is a tricky, almost another customer service thing, like learning how to talk to people, especially when you're fresh out of school. It's one thing to be in charge and feel like an authority figure over your kids, but when you're dealing with another parent who's older than you at this point and they think they know better and maybe they have good reasons to their argument, but you don't agree with it and you don't, you're not able to, you know, compromise or meet their request. How do you have those conversations? How do you have it in a way that's respectful? How do you have it in a way that doesn't undermine the school or undermine the rules that are in place? How do you do it in a way that is convincing? Or if it's not convincing, where do you go from there? Who do you bring it to? How do you begin to document that discourse? A lot of those skills that you learn in an education environment to you know, protect your kids, protect yourself, protect the school, and to an extent, protect the guardians themselves. That's just another key life skill that I've gained from that job that really plays into wedding planning. But yeah, I taught for two years. It was really fun. I do miss it of all the jobs I've had. It's the one that I've missed sometimes. But I also was learning very quickly that even though I got to, I could do whatever I wanted in my classroom, I could just teach in that one classroom the same content for 30, 40, 50 years. I could just be there doing that. I quickly realized that the growth options for a teacher, flexibility options for a teacher were very limited. And that quickly became very intimidating to me on top of just learning some of the other nuances of being a teacher and being in a classroom, whether you know high school or other ages, public school versus private school, we're all essentially gonna kind of be the same. And I was quickly learning, I probably wanted to be my own boss one day. Simultaneously, what I started doing even before I started my master's as friends were graduating from undergrad, I started my wedding business. I started working friends' weddings for free. They knew I was working events for the college and knew I could, or I guess trusted that I could run their wedding day. So I started being the go-to person for a lot of my friends or a lot of friends of friends through school and was their wedding planners for free. Would just figure out what that meant. A lot of times looking back, I'm like, I just did a bunch of stuff that wedding planners don't actually really even do, you know, or things that I at least don't do in my business anymore. But I learned so many more skills when you're kind of tag teaming and obviously working for free for a friend to help their wedding day dreams come true. You just kind of do whatever you can. And one of my friends actually pointed out to me, she was like, why don't you get paid for this? Why don't you try to set this up as like a side hustle? I don't I think she said that. I don't think we culturally were quite at a point where people had side hustles. And she just kind of was like, why don't you just figure out how to get paid for this? Like, you're really good at it. Why don't you try to get someone to book you and market outside of just the college? 
So I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I love doing this. This is really fun. Let me just see what happens. So my master's year, year and a half, and then my two years teaching technically were the first three years of my business. It was a super side hustle uh, in the sense of I just, I didn't really care about necessarily becoming full-time. I hadn't really even thought of that, but I really, really loved doing it. I put in a lot of time and hours. I also grew from doing a handful of friends' weddings to by the time that third year, my second year teaching, but my third year in business, I had 25 or 30 weddings that year. I was doing a lot of small packages. I would do multiple weddings in a weekend, um, very like month of, minimal day of type of work. But looking back, I'm like, I was working every almost every weekend multiple weddings a weekend um for so many people's weddings at that point and i worked really hard to get my name out there through antiquated marketing techniques at this point but traditional marketing i was in a bunch of bridal shows where i would set up a booth and advertise that way i constantly was reaching out to wedding vendors that I had worked with or wanted to work with for, you know, a coffee date to pick their brain, to get my name out there, to meet who, meet them and understand who they were. All of those, that, you know, sweet sauce that I somehow pieced together so naively work. It's so funny looking back at starting a business when you don't even fully realize that you're starting a business. I can pick apart the things that I know worked, that I can point to, or things that didn't work or things I wish I had did to just, you know, protect my business better or set myself up for success sooner. But ultimately it's trial and error and you're figuring it out. And I joke with Megan a lot about how when you're jumping in to something you're very passionate about and trying to figure it out, it's almost naive, especially the first time around. And as soon as you figure out those skill sets and what it, some of the basics that are important to have behind building a business, you're not as naive the next time around. So when you're starting that second, third, fourth business, or even expanding your initial business into other areas, you do have that experience and knowledge to bring to the table, but you don't have the the innocence and just the pure passionate energy. So it is just funny thinking back and reflecting on those first couple years where I just didn't even fully realize I wanted to do this full time. I just loved doing it. I loved doing it more than I loved teaching. After I stopped teaching, I knew I wanted to do something else that was flexible, empowering, had a lot of growth, and could sustain economically. You know, help me pay the bills, help me pay rent while I build my business on the side. And I still didn't quite know what that meant. So I just, bunch of applications out there trying to get into any type of corporate job that made sense for my skill set, something that would be not miserable, would be somewhat enjoyable for the day-to-day in order to allow me to grow my business on the side so I could figure out, have the time to figure out what I wanted my business to be shaped into. I enter this era of my business from years three to five, I think, when I'm working corporate jobs, working more than one, not staying in a corporate job for too long. This is when I start doing my first corporate events. This is when I do my first birthdays, my first like other personal parties that you know, are in a wedding. Quickly learning, don't like doing those, like just doing weddings. I do style shoot after style shoot after style shoot. I mean, I probably do, I 
think six or seven of my styled shoots within those two to three year time frame, just knocking them out all the time, using it as a networking opportunity, getting marketing material, working with vendors I've wanted to work with, and just getting content out there, showing what I can do. At the same time, my business is growing uh, in a couple of different ways, some ways that I don't like, some ways where, uh, unfortunately, because I did not protect my business as well as I should have in the early days, you know, needed to kind of hire some legal help, needed to severely restructure how the business was run, and it forced me to learn a lot of the hard parts of running a business, a lot of the realistic parts of running a business. Uh, I was no longer in this phase of being naive about it and learning that to run a successful company where you're growing, you're doing something that's incredibly important to your clients, and you're growing your team, your reputation is incredibly important. And I was able to recenter, reprioritize, and focus on that, and honestly cut out a lot of my business at the time that did not make sense for growth, did not make sense to be a reputable planner in the area. So those were kind of the years that I was figuring all of that out, again, while still working full-time in a couple different corporate jobs. And then we enter into 2020, and my corporate job is kind of going to shit. And it's looking like I'm not going to be able to hang on to my position there anymore. But fortunately, at this point, I had grown enough in a business and shaped truly what I wanted to do as a business owner, as a wedding planner in my area, to a point that it was busting at the seams. Fortunately, the wedding industry as a whole was an industry that grew during COVID. Probably doesn't seem like that on the surface. A lot of people changing their wedding dates, postponing, deciding to elope. But as far as wedding vendors, if you were still able to retain clients, your business actually exploded. And fortunately, if you could do that in 2020 through like spring of 21, you got to reap the benefits of the explosion of the wedding industry from early 2021 through last year, 2022, to even now, this domino effect of all of these couples who postponed, who split their elopement and their reception events, who decided to just not even start planning until COVID has really passed and the laws and policies and safety were a lot more flexible and available for couples to make decisions that reflect their wedding day. We're now in this era of immense growth in the wedding industry across the nation and across the world. For me, it was such an amazing timing of me having by force to leave corporate world to finally fully launch me into full-time wedding planning paired so well into this unfortunately very chaotic, very stressful time, but where I could truly spend so much of my energy helping all of my couples that I had retained and new couples as they were getting engaged in booking into this guided yet also booming new wedding era where I could come alongside my couples, spend all of my time and energy, probably too much time and energy at the time, on helping my couples really celebrate their day now that I wasn't working another job. And really in the last year and a half to two years, I am starting to 
realize and see for the first time how much I have built and how far I have come. It's so crazy just thinking through all of this and, you know, reflecting to tell you guys what my career has looked like and building my business has been like. But in the last yeah year and a half, two years, I've grown so much more. I've been able to really build and shape a team. I've had some amazing weddings that I've loved to work and dream clients. I truly feel like I'm at the point that I've been striving for for years but also at a turning point where I jokingly call it like entering phase two. I've built for years and years a reputation, the skill set, the experience, the reviews to get to this point where I'm essentially a full service planner, working medium to high end weddings, have an amazing team uh, backing me up and able to outsource work and work more reasonable hours instead of every waking moment. But now I'm in this interesting new stage where it's about sustainability for my business. How do I keep growing, but not in how many more weddings can I book in a year? Because I don't have that time. I don't have that capacity. How else can I grow my business? How else can I sustain my business? So this is a long-term career for me, a long-term business. I can be an established planner in Chattanooga for years and hopefully decades to come. And to reflect on Megan's two questions in her episode, she talks about two core questions we're going to keep touching back on in the podcast. The first question is what does success look like for you? What does success look like for me personally and in my career? And because I'm at this beautiful turning point where I get to make decisions that are intentional and purposeful, that are shaped from years of me building what it looks like for me to be successful in my business. What types of weddings do I want to work? How many weddings do I want to work? Where do I put my time and my effort versus not? What do I say no to? That's such a key decision-making process that now I get to kind of think through what is it like to be a full-time business owner, have a team that relies on me, have amazing clients that I get a book, but also they're relying on me. And how do I take time for myself? And I've started having this shift with realizing the growth and how far I've come. I've also been trying to problem solve or reshape, I guess, my why. Why do I want to continue to grow this business? What is driving me to figure out this phase two, this next step? How do I spend my time and my energy wisely, intentionally, passionately towards my business, towards my clients, towards my team, but also for myself, for my family, for my friends, my own mental health and energy, and not just jumping into anything, not just saying yes, but realizing that the saying no, the time where I rest, truly rest, don't think about the emails that I have to answer or the tasks I have to tackle for my clients, but truly can step away to breathe allows me to reset, to be creative, to have energy and passion to sustain, but also to problem solve these areas in order to grow and to be a better boss, to be a better planner. Really, my answer to what it means to be successful for my personal and professional life is that they go hand in hand. They are a delicate balance and it's going to be an ever-changing balance. 
And her second question for me to reflect on is about my weaknesses, being very candid with you guys about where I struggle as a business owner, where I struggle to meet my goals for being successful. I think my weakness right now has been this prioritizing as I've become full time and I've not had another job sucking up my time. How can I maximize my time? How can I be efficient? How do I get everything I need to done? What do I need to get done? But also, how do I rest? When do I rest? How often should I be on my email? Uh, How often should I be taking vendor calls or meeting with clients throughout the week? And also just the big picture of it all. If I look out at this year, next year, at the weddings that I have booked, how do I break up my time? I've In all of my other jobs, I've had essentially some boss telling me what to do. And now I am my own boss where I need to tell myself what to do. Well, first I need to figure out what I need to do, when I need to do it, make sure I do it, and then also tell my employees what they need to do and when they need to do it by. And it's such an interesting shift that just will be, from what I hear, an ongoing struggle as a business owner that you are constantly in control and have the freedom to figure that out and to ebb and flow with life's priorities, with your business priorities, but you also have the pressure to get all of it done and at the end of the day you are accountable. So as I've made this shift from being a my business being a side hustle and having some sort of other job and forced me to work on my business very efficiently, you know, at night, over the weekends, between weddings, over my lunch break. Now I have every day, all day to get whatever I should get done, done. And I've had to learn, relearn how to be an effective, efficient worker. And I've had to figure out my own task management systems, time management systems, how to prioritize all of my tasks, how to communicate effectively to my team. I think that all is my biggest weakness is constantly figuring out how to prioritize, how to figure out my time management so that I am successful, I feel successful, and my team feels successful. And if I were to rate myself on a scale of 1 to 10, I think right now, this year, 2023, I think I've been a lot better. I think I've been more like a 7. But last year in 2022, I probably would have rated myself like a 5. I did not find a good balance professionally or in my personal life. I was constantly swinging back and forth. So thankfully, I've noticed that, learned some new tricks, hired an admin assistant, purchased some extra tools to help my business, and now I'm getting my grounding again. And I'm really feeling very empowered, motivated, and excited, honestly, for all of my 2023 and 2024 clients. Thanks for tuning in to the Prelude podcast and coming alongside my career and business building journey. It was so fun to reflect on this with you guys. We will be back with more content, more advice and tips based episodes and where we keep talking about all things weddings to help you guys get down the aisle. And don't forget to follow us. Please hit that subscribe button and the notification button so you can be updated as soon as we drop a new episode. Bye!